Amen. Thank you very much, my colleague Rachel, who's also quite funny. Thank you very much, Rach. Good evening, everyone. How are we doing? All right? Just going to have a little sip of water. Lovely. All right. Um, yeah, if you don't, that wasn't funny, by the way. That was literally me just drinking water. But thanks for laughing. Um, so here we are. Um, at the end of January, all month, we have been looking at the topic of prayer. And tonight, I'm going to be looking at the topic of prayer and worship. And we do a lot of worship in this church. We also do lots of prayer in this church. But we want to just take a bit of time to look at how the two actually work together and what does that mean for us. So tonight, if you're not used to being here or what we do, I'm going to read a bit from the Bible and some of that will come up. We're going to talk about the Bible. I'm going to talk about you and us. And we're also going to talk about God and what God gets up to and how it all meshes together. So that's the plan. And that's what we're going to go for. So um, I think prayer and worship are a great combo. They go really well together. But actually, a lot of times we separate them out. We do a worship bit with some songs. And then we do like a prairie bit with some prayers. And then maybe we have another song. And then, and then we maybe do another prayer at the end. And, and we seem to kind of keep them a bit separate. Whereas I think actually they work amazingly well together. So I've got a little quiz for you here just to start it off. Here's some great combos. Can you answer what the great combos are? There we go. Who's that? Eric Morecambe. Morecambe. Very good, guys. There they are. Lovely. Right, another combo. Let's look at this. A great combo. Fish. And chips. Yeah, good, good, good. All right, next one. Kevin De Bruyne. Harland, yeah. Lovely. Okay, that didn't go well. Um, apple crumble. Apple crumble and... Oh, there is division in the church, brothers and sisters. Yeah, I didn't do an answer for this one because I thought this would be... Right, ice cream. Who's for ice cream? Give us a wave. Not strong. Who's for custard? Who's for ice cream and custard? Who hates apple crumble? Shame on you. All right. Come back next week and we'll deal with that. All right, lovely. Well, there we go. So uh, worship. I'm going to start talking a little bit about worship. I'm going to talk about a little bit about prayer, and then we're going to put it together. So worship. Why do we do worship? Well, we turn up here, and the world is basically on fire and going down the pan, and we just sing songs, <laughs> and, and that, that's nice. What is that all about? Is that really what we should be doing? Actually, the church, ever since it started, has worshipped and worshipped God. And tonight, I really want to frame this around pouring out our hearts to God. Now, this might be a phrase that sounds a bit weird to you, so I'm going to unpack it. What does it mean to pour out our hearts in worship? See, the thing is, um, you might just think, well, we just like it. It feels nice to kind of sing some songs about God, and, and we feel better about ourselves. In fact, it's, it's been shown it's really good for you to sing and to sing with other people. In fact, it's really good for your mental health. Believe it or not, an ancient tradition to switch your phone off, stand in a room with some people and sing with them actually helps social interactions. It's well proven that just singing is good for you. Who'd have thought it? Here we are having a good sing song. But actually worship is deeper than just singing songs or melodies and things that we like. It, it touches on something far more profound that maybe if you're new to church, you wouldn't necessarily notice what's going on. Now, I want to read to you a passage uh, in the Old Testament from 1 Samuel, and we're going to look at a character, a lady called Hannah. Now, the interesting thing is this, is that there's no music, there's no band, there's no songs going on, 
but something that really profound happens in the life of Hannah. I would love you this week to read the first couple of chapters of 1 Samuel because Hannah is a, a profoundly wonderful character in the Bible and I really love reading about her. We're going to read from verse 9 and the words will come up on the screen as well. So uh, Hannah is at a temple in Shiloh. Uh, that's a place uh, where they go up to worship and offer sacrifices to God. And in those days, there was a priest, and we're going to read about him, called Eli. So it says this, Now Eli the priest was sitting on his chair by the doorpost of the Lord's house, the, the place where they were worshipping. In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly. And she made a vow, saying, Lord Almighty, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. You see, she was deeply distressed because she was childless and had been asking for a child for many years. Now, as Hannah kept on praying to the Lord, Eli the priest observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart, and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, How long are you going to stay drunk? Put away your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. Would you think that's uh, an act of worship? There's no songs, there's no kind of singing going on. Hannah, in the presence of God in the temple, is pouring out her heart. She's in a distressed and difficult place, and she is telling God how it is. She's pouring it out to the Lord. Actually, I think it is. I think, again, it, sometimes definitions can be unhelpful. The way that actually pouring out our heart is around sharing and speaking to God whether we're in a good place or whether we're in a great place of pain or difficulty. But why do we give all this time to worshipping? The first thing I want to say about worship is one way. And what I mean by this is really simple, that um, we worship God, but God doesn't worship us. He doesn't make up songs and sing songs about how amazing I am. But, but we love to worship God. Why? Well, the first thing we do is we give to God. When we come to church, I don't know what you thought was on the menu tonight, what you, what's happening, what you're going to get, but that's absolutely the wrong way to come to church. When you come to church, you come to give. I, I don't know if you, if you realize that, but the whole act of coming to worship is an act of giving yourself in worship to God. Whether there was no preaching or nothing amazing happening or anything else, what you're doing is saying, God, I'm coming to you and I'm worshiping you by remembering you, and even by physically standing in this place is an act of worship by saying that I believe in you, Jesus, or I want to know you and be here. Actually, the very act of worship is giving ourselves to God. So whether you didn't get anything from church doesn't matter in one sense on a Sunday, because your very act is to come and give, to come and give yourself to God again. That's what we do when we come to worship. We give to God. We also lift God up, this idea that we declare who he is. As we've sung in some of the songs, as we use prayers and scripture, we, we remind ourselves of who God is and what he's like. As we worship Jesus, the risen one, we, we say, Jesus, 
we love you and we, we raise you up. God doesn't need reminding who he is. He knows. But we need reminding who God is. We need to remind ourselves again of God's goodness and his faithfulness, his kindness, his mercy. It's an act that as we worship God, it actually reminds ourselves and renews us about who God is. It, it helps us in our faith to remember and know God. But along with that, as we worship, we align ourselves, we come back into a place of knowing God and loving him again. Where so easily, within hours, within days, we can go off track, we can struggle, we can find ourselves not where we want to be. And actually the act of worship is saying, Jesus, I put you first as Lord. And in doing so, I, I, I submit to you again, God my life and my desire to follow you, would you help me? That worship aligns us, puts us back in the right place before God. So the thing is, do you need um, to have a worship band in order to worship or get the worship CD on? I think pouring out our hearts is simply this. We tell God how it is and how we are, and God shows us who he is and who we are. So we pour out our hearts. We, we just be honest, like Hannah was, not saying where she was or where she wanted to be, but just how it was in pain and bitterness and in distress, bringing that before God. And God loves it when we do that, when we're honest about it. I think we get really hung up in worship that we feel we have to say the right thing or be the right thing. Well, often our hearts are saying something very different. And where and when do you get to say that? Actually, here in church is the place before God. God, I'm hating life right now. God, I'm all over the place. God, I'm not okay. That's the pouring out your heart stuff. So I just want to give you a little, um, little coaching session right now on non-musical worship. Now, I don't know if you're a car driver, but I'm going to use the analogy of driving a car. It's got a gearbox, first gear to start, second gear, third, fourth, fifth. We go through the gears and we speed up. This is, this is my top tips on how to do a bit of impromptu worship moment whenever you need to. No guitars necessary. Are you ready? You are so aren't, are you? Okay. Well, it's happening because I've got it here, so I'm doing it. First gear. All right, first gear, really simple, right? We're just starting out. Okay, you're starting cold, all right? You haven't even been thinking about God. Boom, we're going in. First gear, thankfulness. We're just going to thank God for stuff. So it goes like this. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the people I've seen. Thank you for being here in church today. Lord, thank you for the meals that I've had, the food I've enjoyed. Lord, thank you for my health. Thank you. I slept well last night. God, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Whatever you can think of. It doesn't matter. You can just thank you for that person I just spoke to. Lord, tonight, it was just great to speak to him. God, thank you that this church exists, that I can be here tonight. God, thank you. Whatever you need to say, thank God for that. That's first gear. You're getting your appreciation, the gratitude. An attitude of gratitude is starting to come in. All right, this is just warming us up. You're just, all right, I'm taking eyes on myself. God, thank you for this good stuff. It's not all about me, God. I'm just saying thank you for that. Second gear, here we go. Now, once you're thanking God, we're now moving into the character of God. God, thank you for your goodness. God, thank you that you're good to me. Actually, you're faithful, God. We were singing about it tonight. God, I love your faithfulness. God, you're good. You're merciful. You're kind. I'm talking about God's character now, and I'm getting into that. So, God, I love the fact that you're faithful to me, even when 
I go all over the place, but God, you stay fast and you're faithful. Now we're doing good, but we need to take it higher. Gear three, you now start dolloping in a bit of the word, the Bible. Okay, let's start bringing that in. God, your faithfulness is never ending from generation to generation. God, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Any bit of the Bible will do, but some bits are better than others at this point. So just sprinkle that in. Now, if you need to go down to gear one, you can. A bit of appreciation. Thank you, God, for your word. I love your promises. It's good for me. God, thank you that you know me and you say the same and you do the stuff even when I don't. I can't believe you stick around with me, God. I would have dumped me a long time ago, but you're still here. I can't believe it. I don't deserve it. You're too good for me. Now, at this point, we're going to fourth gear. Now we're cooking, okay? We're starting to hit about 50, 55. Now, this works like this. You're talking about the faithfulness, but now now you're declaring, you're proclaiming, God, you are faithful. God, you never give up. Even when the rest of the world does, you're the God who never gives up. From generation to generation, you love to save. There's no other name above heaven than Jesus' name by which people are saved. You're the saving God. You're the loving God. You're the faithful God. God, your goodness knows no ends. Hallelujah. Wait, we haven't got the fifth gear yet. You haven't got the fifth gear. That's just fourth gear, okay? We're just warming up. God, I'm declaring who you are. I'm proclaiming what you're like. I'm agreeing with it. I'm saying, yes, this is you, God. No guitars still at this point. Fifth gear. Now, sometimes, just like the worship leaders do, you want to do the drop. Do you know what I mean by the drop? You go big, 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 drop. All right. And at that point, you're like, God, I love you. I say, God, I love you. I'm, I can say all this stuff about you. I can do all this stuff. You're amazing. You're this, you're that. But actually, what I need to say is, God, I love you. I really do. Even when I find it hard to do that. Even when I'm rubbishy at loving you, God, I, I love you. That's fifth gear. That's where you're pouring out your hearts. That's where you're telling God how it is. Now, are you faking it to make it? No. You're starting somewhere, thanking God for the good things in your life. You're reminding yourselves of what God's like. You're thinking of his promises. You're thinking of his word. You're, you're working out who he is. You're reminding yourself on that. And actually, you come to place, God, I love you. Wow, I can't believe I get that you're in my life and I, I love you and thank you. And, and help me, God. Now, that's just a worship thing. And you can do that anytime this week. Now, if you want to be in a car, you can do that. If that helps you as you're changing gear. But do pay attention, please. It's not quite one-way worship. You see, when we worship, God's presence comes. Now, this is something you've experienced together as we worship in a group that... Um, as we start singing the songs, as we sort of move into that place, something funny happens. The sort of atmosphere changes. We become aware of the presence of God. Now, I want to talk about prayer being a two-way thing. So we've done kind of worship as a one-way, but prayer is two-way. Oh, yes. Look at that. As we pray, we're offering things to God. We're pouring out our hearts to God. But actually, prayer, God loves to speak to us. And so in this context of Worship, worship, I think, provides the context of God's presence and space to be able to pray and bring our hearts to God. At that point, prayer happens. We, we open up. We're not just saying, God, here's a load of stuff, but we're also wanting to receive. Now, this is a harder bit. This is the bit that we often don't get to. We're really good at kind of la, 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 la to God, and then we sit down. But the receiving, the being open to what is God wanting to say to us? What is God wanting to show us? What do we mean when, um, when God's sort of presence comes? Again, these, these sort of Christian terms that sometimes feel really hard to get your finger on. We mean it like this. You're worshipping. There's some songs going. Maybe there's that floaty bit where there aren't songs. You're just there and you just have this thought that comes into your head about God that maybe you've not thought about before. 
Maybe there's a little nudge, a, a reminder, maybe a bit of conviction about something. Ah, that thing wasn't good. I'm, it, actually, it really jars with me. I thought it was all right, but actually it isn't. Again, it's the work of the Spirit, God's Spirit, that comes and meets with us in prayer. Maybe it's a, a promise, an encouragement. Maybe it's just a line that you've sung that just sort of sticks, just kind of stays in your head. You're like, oh, yeah, why, why is that just in my head? Because the Holy Spirit is drawing attention to you that this is something that God is wanting to minister to you for. It will be different for all of us as we move into prayer. You see, it's easy for us to kind of live out of our heads. We do the Christian thing, we say the right stuff, and bless you and amen. But actually, worship and prayer moves beyond our heads to this heart place. And like it or not, you live out of your hearts, not your head. But for many people, you think, oh, I got it all, so I believe the right stuff here. But yeah, but are you living out of the right stuff in your hearts? That's why for us it's so important that if we're going to do this stuff, it has to be authentic and genuine. The, the wholeness course that we do, looking at that next month, is because you live out of your hearts. And if your heart ain't right, <laughs> well, that is what you're living out of. You can try your best not to, but that is what's going on. And really, this draws us to a place where when you pray and when you worship, it's the real deal. It's the real stuff. Even the messy stuff, the stuff that's not okay, is what you need to bring to God. Why? Because God wants real worshipers and people who pursue him with honesty and integrity. Jesus, some of his most sort of damning words, his most harshest criticism was against religious people, religious leaders, in fact, like me. He quoted the prophet Isaiah once. He said, your lips are far from God. You say the right stuff, but your hearts are far away. Your lips speak, but your hearts are far away. You worship in vain. You see, we could sing all the latest trendy songs really well, harmonies and everything. But where are your hearts? Are your hearts far away? Where, where is that honest place of pouring out your heart before the Lord? So the good thing is, when we gather, when we start worshiping, when we start praying, when you start, God, I'm here and I'm, I need your help, something happens. It, we read it in Romans 8. It's the Spirit. The Spirit of God falls and meets us. It says this from verse 28. The Spirit, the Holy Spirit, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes which means praise for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Put really simply, the Holy Spirit helps you pray. The Holy Spirit is here and is helping you pray. Don't think, is he? Is he not? He is. The Holy Spirit wants to move on you and work on you. Sometimes it will be an overwhelming sense of joy and peace that you find because the Holy Spirit's at work as you're praying, as you're being open to God. Sometimes it will be a weeping and a breaking over something at God's heart, maybe something you've seen in the news, a person, a situation that you're crying out to God for, and it breaks you. It's the Spirit of God moving on you and working on you. And what this stuff does, it goes beyond just a functional Christian-y, service-y thing to the Spirit of God moving on his people and us actually responding to the Spirit of God and offering it back to God. You see, for Hannah, when she prayed and cried out, she didn't know what the answer was going to be. She got a baby who actually profoundly shaped the very future of God's people. She didn't know that. She was just pouring out her heart to God. 
You don't know when you offer your prayers for yourself, for others, how God is going to move on that and use it. That's actually a mystery that I think belongs to God, not to us. But we're called to collaborate with the Spirit. So in the context of worship, as we start praying, one of the things you come to give as a worshiper is the prayers and the needs of the world, not just for yourself, but for this city, for this world. You offer to God in prayer the things on his heart, the things on your heart, and you ask God to come and move on them. How? I don't know how God works in the world. But that's, again, part of our responsibility, part of our calling as God's people. As we come to worship, we come to pray and, and to lift the needs of the world to God. But as we do this, as we, as we offer ourselves this way, God also shows his will. A, a phrase that we've been hearing, a scripture from Romans 12, Give your, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. That's the true and proper worship. But what do you get? It says that you will then know and be able to test and approve what God's will is. There's something that as we offer ourselves in worship, as we pray and seek God wholeheartedly, God not only graciously reveals himself to us, but he, he also shows his will. He speaks. He releases gifts to be able to minister. In Acts 13, there's a, a, a famous passage where the early church are worshiping just like we've been doing. And in that context of worship and fasting, um, this happens. I'm going to read it from Acts 13. They were worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them to bless them and sent them off. There's something that as we pray and as we worship, we expect God's will, God's voice, God's heart to be made clear to you and to us as a community. Now, does this happen every Sunday all the time? No, but it all will be happening every Sunday to someone sometime all the time. Because God has a big heart that he wants to reveal to us. It might be that you're listening to this and you're not a kind of Christian and maybe some of this is a bit confusing and stuff. But the, the simple thing is that God has a heart for every person. God knows every person and he wants to reveal it. He wants you to know how much he loves you and how he's for you. And so why do we give a lot of time to worship? Because we recognize that in this context, we could run a really slick church, a lot slicker than we are, and not need the Holy Spirit at all. We could have incredible choirs and amazing bands and everything and sound better than we've ever sounded, but we could miss it all if we don't offer our hearts. And so in a way, this is a calling to you, to us. Let's not forget that true worship is about pouring out our hearts to God and in that place seeking him in a place of honesty and prayer and worship. And so actually, I think the two, in fact, the three, prayer, worship, and the Spirit of God go together go round and round. There's no way to separate them out. As you worship, you pray. As you pray, you worship. As you worship, the Spirit of God inspires us and helps us and draws us deeper into the heart of God. So we pray more. And as we do, we worship more. And as we do, the Spirit moves on us again. Round and round. That's what we seek when we do it. Is that what you expect when you come to worship? Is that what you think is going to go on? Or we'll just sort of, we'll see if we sing one of those good songs. Because really the worship leader isn't this, these guys up here. In some ways it's not you guys there, great though it is. It's the Spirit of God moving on us and leading us. 
So what we're going to do, just for the rest of our time, I'm going to invite the worship team up. But we're going to worship. We're going to use some songs that helps us give words to things we want to say to God. We're also going to have some space, some time to just listen, to be open to God. And also we're going to have a chance for you to pray. It might be that you tonight need to pour out your heart to God. Now you might be a bit self-conscious because I don't want the person next to me hearing the stuff that I want to say. Or it might be that just whilst the music's going on the sound, you just want to say, God, I, actually, I really need to tell you this stuff. I need to be honest with you, God, about where I'm really at and how I'm doing. And that's the, that's the real deal. That's the good stuff. And so um, are you up for that? Are you okay for doing that? And uh, just to be clear, we're, we've no idea what's going to happen. We're not going to try and sort of prescribe it and hype it and get some. We, we just want to be open to what God does. And it might be that you feel that maybe God is saying something maybe for all of us to hear. If so, come and find me or Rachel or Dave at the front. We'd, we'd love to hear that as well. We want to be open to that. But that's what we're going to do. If, again, this is all a bit odd and weird for you, then full permission just to watch just to see what's going on. We, we don't in any way want to confuse people or make things difficult. So if that's just not where you're at, we totally get that as well. And again, just thank you for being part of this and listening. So why don't we do this? If you're, if you're happy to, would you stand with me if you're able? And I, I've spoken at you. I've said some stuff. So I just want to pause and just take a moment just to breathe. And um, before we sort of go back into just worshipping Jesus together. Yeah, God, um, thank you that worship is a gift to us to be able to worship you and love you. And I want to pray tonight you would help us to worship, help us to pray. And whatever that means for us, wherever we are on our journey tonight to do that, uh, we want to ask Holy Spirit you would help us to do that. So just rest on us now. Holy Spirit, would you fall on us here in this place? I'm just welcoming the Spirit of God. Maybe you want to pray in your own hearts. Yeah, come Holy Spirit. Come fill me, God. Help me tonight. Lead me tonight. Come Holy Spirit. Yeah, no. Some of you might be thinking, if I was to really pour out my heart, I'd be a bit scared. And I don't know if I'd be able to hold it together. And I might be a bit undone. And then I'd feel really vulnerable. And I really understand that as well. Sometimes when we do pour out our hearts, there is pain. There's sadness. There's stuff that's kind of hard for us. But actually, in, in God's presence, as he's here with us now, it, there is a, it is a safe place. But again, I don't, I don't want to expose anyone. We'll have an opportunity for people to pray as well. But again, this is a place before God that we can pour out our hearts. And uh, yeah, again, come to him. So Lord, would you just bless this time? Now, we thank you for your presence here.
and help us to worship you and love you now. Thank you, Jesus.